Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome back to breakfast in the class. Uh, after the summer where we shift from Tuesday and Thursdays uh, back to the daily, Baruch Hashem, we'll, we'll uh, looking forward to another year, another season of tremendous growth together. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's been sponsoring throughout the summer. Thank you for the future sponsorships as well. Hazaku Baruch. Um, today is Super Deluxe Breakfast and Class, sponsored by, or this was actually when it was done on Monday, by Jacob Portez, dedicated in honor of his wife Ricky, and in celebration of the birth of their baby girl, Mabruk. As well, sponsored by Shlomo Suisa, dedicated in honor of Shlomo and Adi Capetas. Welcome and come more often. Uh, also sponsored by Shlomo Suisa, dedicated in honor of Rabbi Ruven Ibrahimov, and dedicated in loving memory of Stephen Wagner, Alava Shalom. Lilunishmat Shmuel Yankov Ben Mordechai, Alava Shalom, for his Askara and Yorzeit, sponsored by his children, Nancy and Robert. Breakfast in the class is dedicated in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, Alea Shalom Lilunishmat, Lea Badova Kohen Vechana, Alea Shalom for her Shiloshim. Her philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. And finally, the week of cold brew is sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you. you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. My friends, our perashah begins with the words, When you go out to, uh, to war against Oyevecha, against your enemies. And the, uh, the commentators ask, what does this mean, Oyevecha, your enemies, plural? It should say Oyevcha, which is a singular enemy. Normally, you don't go to war against multiple people. I mean, obviously, in Israel's wars more, more recently, we, uh, we went out against many, many different enemies at the same time. But what is the Pasuk trying to communicate by referring to the enemies in a, in a, uh, in a, um, a, a language that, is, that refers to, to a, a plural, to m- numerous enemies? And not only that, it then continues, and as it speaks further, the Shavita Shivyo. Right? And you, and you will see, what does it say over there? It talks about, it shifts from a language of plural back to singular. So is it one enemy or is it many enemies? This is the question that the commentators ask on this pasuk. And there's one answer, and it's that answer that I'd like to focus on with you today. The Gemara tells us that the Yetzehara has seven different names. Bezat Hashem will do a class on each of the seven names of the Yetzirah. But the Yetzirah has seven different names. And the question is, why does he have seven different names? You know, here does he change his name every time he goes on the witness protection program? Why does he have seven names? Is he saffing people left, right, and center so everybody knows they find out about that guy so he needs to have another name? So why seven? Why does he have seven different names? And the answer on a surface level, without getting too into it, is to communicate to us Something very powerful, and that is that the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination of a person, has many faces. But ultimately, those faces all belong to one being, the Yetzer Hara. So oftentimes, a person will feel in their life like there's so many different challenges that they might be dealing with, they might be going through. So many different things that are keeping them from perfection, that are keeping them from doing or being the type of Jew, the type of father, mother, son, brother, sister, friend that they could be. You know, maybe I'm a little bit too impatient. Maybe I'm a little bit too angry. Maybe I'm a little bit too self-obsessed. 
I feel bad about it afterwards when I've done something like that. So you look, your person is liable at that stage to look at all of this and think to themselves, Shema Yisrael, you know? Uh, I, how am I ever going to climb this mountain? But the Torah tells you, I want you to understand, these many enemies, Ki when you start waging war against these many enemies, you know what you wind up discovering? It's really one enemy. There's nine million terrorist organizations. But ultimately, the funding and the weaponizing of those, of all those different terror groups, it boils down to, to very, very few major terrorist sponsors. Now initially, when you start going in that war, you start waging that battle, you think, oh, there's this one, and there's this one, and there's this one. It's the only difference between them is the name. You then look at the weapons they're carrying, the guns and the bombs that they're shooting, the missiles that they're firing, and you know, you very quickly realize, they all got it from Iran. You understand what I'm saying? Suddenly, when you identify that there's really only one true enemy, underlying enemy here, then a person is capable of focusing all their firepower at one place. They recognize that this is the danger. The danger is the Yetzirah, all these different faces, they're different faces of the same enemy. This plural is actually, in truth, singular. I want to share with you an interesting Gemara. The Gemara tells us that if a person uh, is afraid, and he does not know why he is afraid. Let's say you're afraid, you see a big guy walking towards you, you know, dark, you know, what's it called? Shadow across his face, you can't see him, right? It's in the pitch black. The guy is running towards you, you know, with a gun. You're terrified. That's not when you don't know why you're afraid. You know exactly why you're afraid. Some guy is about to mug you, okay? What happens if a guy suddenly fears? I don't know if you've ever felt this. You're walking along the street, everything's fine. All of a sudden, you just overcome with like, you feel that sense of pahad, fear. The Gemara says, what should you do? A person says the Gemara should read, at that point, he should say, Kore Kiryat Shema. He should say Kiryat Shema. Ve'imu, and if he's bimakom atinofet, right, why does he say Kiryat Shema? That will protect him. You say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, that will protect him. Ve'imu, and if he's bimakom atinofet, and if he's a place of filth, in other words, there's, uh, you know, the bed, you know, he's in a bathroom near whatever, you're not allowed to say Pesukim or words of Torah in a place that's mitunaf, uh, that's dirty, that's smelly. So what does he do in, in that case? The Gemara says, Yizaneki should jump four amot. He should jump four cubits. That's eight feet, by the way, so I think we're all out of shape. If the Gemara is like, you're scared? Okay, Dushimah, if you can't do that, just do the long jump from the Olympics. <laughs> jump eight feet, okay? So, shit, you know, move to... What in the world, how does that help? Right, what, you're afraid, you don't know why you're afraid you should jump, do a long jump? What does that mean? Then the Gemara says, and if that doesn't work, or he can't do that, right? They had too many Dunkin' Donuts. He can't, uh, he can't do that. What does he do? He says, the ha'izim... The, uh, the goats in the house, in the slaughterhouse, shmenim mimeni, are fatter than me. 
So the altar from, uh, from Kelm, and I'm, I'm loosely going to base this idea on what he says. So not everything is as he says it. But he says, what are we doing here? We, 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 now we're witchcraft now? You know, you, you, you're talking to demons? Like, you know, don't take me. You know, there's fatter goats in the, you know, in reserve cut. What, what do you say? What, do you, what is that? So the altar explains, again, loosely. He says something magnificent. He says, a person is afraid and they're not sure why they're afraid. What's it referring to? It's talking about a situation where a person has done something which causes him to be afraid. Like we saw in last week's parasha, when it says, if there's a person who's afraid of war, and he's soft-hearted, says the Gemara, why is he afraid? He knows he's done enough averot that he doesn't really deserve protection. He doesn't deserve a good life. He doesn't deserve biracha at work, at home. He's afraid because he knows you know what? He hasn't been all that good lately. So what does he do? Says the Gemara, Kore Kiryat Shema. He reads Kiryat Shema. If you're stuck in a place where you're not doing mitzvot, where you're not, where you're not protecting yourself from Averot, says the Gemara, how am I supposed to solve that? If I'm afraid of where I am, I have the days of judgment coming up. Hashem's going to decide if He's going to give me a good year or a bad year. I'm afraid with where I'm at. What should I do? He answers, work on your emunah. If you truly felt that there was no other power in this world but God, which is what Shema Yisrael teaches, then what could tempt you? You know that any sin is going to get paid back. Any bracha is going to be rewarded. You know that you don't need to steal or rob or lie in business because ultimately the success is only going to come from Borei Olam. So you know what? If you're failing, if you're faltering, the Gemara says, focus on saying Kiryat Shema, work on your Emunah. But what happens if he's in, in a Makoma Tinofet, if he's in a dirty place? Simply it means that a person can't say the words of Shema. But on a deeper level it means, what if a person has sunk in their life to a place of such depravity, of darkness, of filth, the things he's seeing, the things he's doing, the, the things he's getting up to, the way he's talking, the way he's acting... He can't access his emunah. The Gemara says, you know what the person should do? Yizanek, let him jump for amot. Always in the Talmud, the concept of for amot describes a person's area. Like as an example, when we talk about arba amot shel adam, the for amot of a person are koneh for him. They acquire for him. We have this idea that hakadosh baruch hu en la hakadosh baruch hu be'olamo Ela dalid amot, the four amot of halakha. So four amot indicate a one, uh, one localized place. The place where something is. Says the Gemara, if you're in such a rut that you don't, you, you don't feel that spirituality is speaking to you, then you know what you need to do. You need to create a physical change in your life. You need to move your apartment. You need to move to another city. You need to get out of that space. Shift your jobs. Create a change so that you're no longer in the same space. And that's the idea of Mishanem Makom, Mishanem Azal. Change your place. Change your space. Do something that pulls you out. Because amazingly, sometimes the things that keep us in the routines that we're in are things that you wouldn't think. 
You're living on the same block every time. You make the same mistake because your body is used to the habit of that thing. Even something as simple as taking a different route might change the way uh, you're behaving, the way you're thinking, the choices that you're making. Okay? Now, my friends, the last thing the Gemara says, well, what happens now if you're incapable of making that change? Shifting yourself, your space in your life. What do you do then? Your emunah, you can't access working on it. You're just not in that place. It's, you're in too dirty a place, Yani. Then the Gemara told you to shift. You couldn't shift. You couldn't jump. You're stuck. What do you do then? Says the Gemara. You say, Ha'izim, the goats, at the slaughterhouse, are fatter than me. What? Listen to this. The author explained that imagine two goats chilling, right? Like the goats that they are in the backyard of one Joe Cohen, okay? Goat number one turns to goat number two. LeBron says to Jordan, he says, right? He goes, this guy, Joe, he's the best ever. The guy, every morning, he wakes up, he feeds us breakfast, he gives us a big fat lunch, dinner. Look at this guy. Look at how much food he gives us. It's brilliant. We love him. And not only that, he must love us. Little do these goats know that the more he feeds them, the fatter they get, the closer they are to being slaughtered and eaten for meat. So what seems like the owner's uh, largesse, his kindness, his feeding is actually, what is it doing? It's taking you closer to death's door. Says the Gemara, let the person consider. If he can't pull himself away, and his emunah is not accessible, let him consider that sometimes the things that seem to us to be the most desirable of things are actually something that's destroying us in our lives. They're bringing us closer to rock bottom. And when the person thinks that, you know what, I'm doing pretty good, I don't want to change, I'm comfortable. Do you know what? The most comfortable people are the animals right before they get slaughtered. They're feeling really good about themselves. They're feeling really full. And that hopefully will jar the person out of his complacency and back here. So my friends, when we look at the Yetzirah, when we look at the difficulties that we experience in our life, it is important to understand that ultimately it's not many flaws that we have. We're not basket cases. It's not impossible for us to get better. All that is just the Yetzirah trying to convince you not to try. But at the end of the day, you know, and I know, that the evil inclination was given a mission by God. And that was to tempt us each and every day. And ultimately, ultimately, that trainer, that, uh, mal, that malach, that angel called uh, the Malach, the, uh, the Yetzirah, he will try whatever it takes. But if you know who he is, it really doesn't make a difference. I want to give you an example. They say a joke that this guy <clears throat> walks into a, what's it called? To a, uh, uh, into an electronic store. And he points, he says, I'd like to buy that TV. The guy says, I don't sell to dibs. I don't sell to fools. The guy says, well, I can't believe what's going 
I want to buy TVs. I'm sorry. I don't sell to fools. Uh, we don't serve idiots in this store. And a guy walks out, goes and buys himself the glasses with the fake mustache. Right? He comes back in with his disguise. He's sure the guy's going to... He points again. He says, he says, I'd like to buy that TV. The guy says, I already told you. I don't sell to idiots here. I can't believe it. He goes, he gets glasses, the mustache, the fake beard, a cowboy hat, comes in again, points again. He says, I'd like to buy the TV. The guy says, I'm sorry. We don't serve idiots in the store. The guy says, I don't understand. How'd you know it was me? All these disguises. The guy says, only an idiot points at a microwave and asks to buy that TV. <laughs> Ultimately, the guy knows and he sees through all the disguises because it's the same game. The Yetzer has many faces, but it's the same game. Don't be fooled and don't be discouraged because ultimately you have one opponent and it's only him. It's only the desire that a person has. It's only this thing that keeps telling us, you know what, if you do the wrong thing, you're going to be happier. But you know what, every time we do the wrong thing, we're not happier. I mean, maybe we offer a few seconds, but at the end, afterwards, we're never happier. Once you learn his game, how much of a fool do you have to be? You know what they say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The Yetzirah just fools you again and again and again and again. Eventually, eventually, don't you learn his MO? Don't you know when he tells you, like, we're only we're going to order dessert, but we're only going to have one piece. A little piece, just a little taste of it, and you eat the whole dessert. Then the next night, you go out somewhere else. It's a different dessert, by the way. But you order it, you come, well, only a little bit. I'm, I want to watch my weight now. I've got to fit into my wedding suit. Only one bite eats the whole thing. The third night, the fourth night, the fifth. Don't you eventually realize that the name of the game is not ordering dessert? Because he's always going to tell you, have, order the dessert, you only have one bite. And you never have one bite, because once you pop, you can't stop. Are we clear? Eventually, the line doesn't work on you. The Yetzirah, you know what, for all of his faces, he's remarkably, it's remarkably similar. If you could see through that Oyvecha is actually, this plural enemy, is actually the same singular guy, then like we said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, fool me seven times. Fool me seven million times. Shame on me. Hashem should bless us to be able to see through the shenanigans and the fake mustaches and the beards and the cowboy hats and recognize that ultimately it's the same idiot showing up on our doorstep each and every day. Baruch Amen